You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. It's a predicament many students find themselves in, ending high school with no idea what to study or do next. That was the case of the Victorian Automotive Chamber of Commerce's Chris White. While being good at all things automotive, Chris never really looked at his interest as a possible career path. And while he was accepted into a university course, he was also offered an apprenticeship. After much thought and the realisation another four years of school didn't appeal to him, Chris took on the apprenticeship and he never looked back. In this episode, Chris talks about what life is like for a young apprentice and the various career options for future automotive students. Chris, thank you very much for your time. Let's go all the way back to St Helena's in Eltham. I used to live in Eltham myself. I know it's a pretty nice area, so I imagine school for you there was pretty good. A long time ago now, but at St Helena Secondary College, completed my year 12 VCE, like like most in my cohort. It was good times. You're a good student? I was quite good at the study side of things. Um, I did get my uni offer, like most people. Decided not to make use of it at the time. I undertook VCE, so all your normal subjects like your English and maths, a couple of science, biology. I also did the systems technology at the time and vet automotive, uh, and a certificate too in vet automotive. Did you always know you wanted to go down that path? No, I had a good uh, natural knack or sort of talent for automotive. I was quite good at it. I did like the subject. I did some work experience throughout year 11 and 12 which led to just a part-time job after school, weekends, those sorts of things. I was quite good at it, but no, I I didn't know what I wanted to do, to be honest, at the very end of school. Um, I was fortunate enough to be offered an apprenticeship. I, I dwelled over Christmas, thought what I wanted to do, and thought it's close to home. I'm good at it. Another four years of school didn't really appeal to me at the time, so uh, best decision I ever made was to go with the apprenticeship. Well, we're going to talk about your apprenticeship because, yes, it has been successful and that's evident in the career that you've had. Just before we get there, though, around high school, where does the interest in automotive come from? How did you pick up these skills and realise that you had an interest in it? No, no one in my family is mechanically orientated in any way, shape or form. No, I just, I just had a natural natural knack for it, just interest in cars, um, fast cars. Does that mean on weekends, after school hours, you were out playing around on your, your parents' car or maybe a car that you had? Not or? particularly, no. I liked cars at the time, sort of vintage and classic cars, your 60s and 70s style, more so than fast and furious type vehicles, but I was just good at it at school, did well at work experience. I did multiple other work experiences with different trades at the time, and that's just the one that struck home with me. Back in your high school then, there were options around studying automotive, because I think about my high school and there was no options like that for me, and at your school they actively promoted studying automotive. Yes, some schools have quite a lot of vet offering. St Helena did. They had building, construction, hospitality, sport and rec, uh, and automotive, uh, among others. Not every school has the facilities for those VET subjects, but yeah, St. Helena had quite a lot of offering and I chose it. The teacher was fantastic. I gelled at the class. Um, I did really well at it. It interested me. It just I did some work experience in all those different fields as well and yeah, automotive was the one that I did well. What were they teaching you in those classes? The Cert two automotive course offered in secondary schools, it's, it's the equivalent of a pre-apprenticeship. So if someone finishes school and then goes maybe, look, I might be interested in doing this apprenticeship in this particular trade, they would do a pre-apprenticeship or a pre-vocational training. It's the equivalent cert to the same as that, but just done 
over year 11 and 12. So it's called Vet in Schools Automotive. So it's it's all the basics. It's all the inspect and service, tools, equipment, environmental, all the basic entry-level units. So when you hopefully want to set foot into an apprenticeship in that trade, you know the tools, you know the front and back of a vehicle, all the systems in a vehicle, um, all the basics. You said you naturally took to that subject uh, quite easily. What is it about you that, that was able to pick it up? I had a very good teacher at the time. He, he had good rapport with the kids, the students, um, the style, the facility they had set up there, had good resources. It wasn't the newest facility you've ever seen, but it was set up quite well. It was just a good environment to learn in and, and an, enjoy, an enjoyable subject as well. In terms of your teacher, uh, would you see them as a bit of a, a mentor for your career in the early stages? Uh, yes, definitely. Most vet teachers are mentors as well to the students. They do more than just teach the curriculum. Uh, most uh, would mentor the young guys or the young girls through the social issues, the working, answer a lot of work and trade questions where some of the other secondary school teachers may not be quite familiar with the trade sector. You know, they're, they're all qualified tradesmen themselves. They've all, they can throw a bit of a different angle on a conversation. So yeah, they do offer quite a lot of mentoring, guidance and advice at the time. Yeah, absolutely. What about helping you decide on your career pathway? Were they able to talk you through the options there are in the automotive industry? The school presented the options. They didn't really have an input. It was probably more family and friends that had more input and say and support recommendations on what I should do. My f- family, friends, most people all said go with the apprenticeship over going to uni. Everyone was telling me to do it. I did well at school. Yeah, so I went down, went down that path. That's really interesting because you, you said you've come from uh, no family background in the automotive industry, yet they're all telling you that this is something you've got to go and do. What do you think they saw in you that made them realise that this is the career path that Chris is going to take? The working while you learn, um, you're earning a wage for four years and gaining a qualification instead of just working towards a qualification and having a major hex debt at the end of it. So they were quite happy with that. Um, it's full-time work, so you're, in, you're engaged post-secondary college. The place where I undertook my apprenticeship was was brilliant. The owner, uh, who I'm still very good friends with to this day, he's a, a very, very good person, very good mentor, very good employer. I was very lucky to be offered a, a position with such a fantastic employer, which made a huge difference to me. If we just look at the students that are coming through, based on the experience and the success you've gone on to have, can you identify traits or skills or um, even personality traits within that that make them a good fit for someone to study something within the automotive industry? Yeah, well, now my job comprises of working for a group training organisation. So my job is to employ large number of apprentices and host them out. So what we look for and all our member workshops look for is genuine interest, passion. You've got to genuinely want to be a mechanic or a technician. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. If you're doing it just because it's a job, it's not going to work. So you've got to have genuine interest, passion, aptitude. We would test every apprentice we would employ now. So you've got to, hopefully by doing a cert two or a pre-apprenticeship uh, and coupled with some work experience, tinkering at home, playing with cars or bikes at home, those sorts of things, you're going to naturally have higher aptitude. So that helps a lot. So when you're in the actual work environment, you know what the tool is, you know, you know, um, some of the basics of a, of a motor vehicle. So genuine interest, passion, aptitude, those sorts of things, they're the most valuable traits that you can possess when you're looking at potentially getting an apprenticeship. In your role now, you're obviously placing people and, and making decisions to progress them through. 
How do you identify genuine interest? Is that just the questions you're asking them? Because, I mean, you know, people can fudge an interview. We get many thousands of applications a year for apprenticeships, which is brilliant. Unfortunately, we don't accept all of them. Our main process is, is we conduct an interview, we gauge your communication, your interest, your aptitude, your passion for the industry, what you want out of your apprenticeship, uh, what you believe the apprenticeship is. We would also give you and aptitude tests, so it's numeracy, literacy, mechanical comprehension. Those are the three main things uh, in the aptitude test. And if successful with that, we also undertake a pre-employment medical, just to make sure you're fit and healthy to do the role. What's some advice around students who are about to sit that test, who are a little nervous? How do they need to prepare themselves to uh, pass? Advice for a secondary school student uh, of any age thinking of doing an apprenticeship in any field even automotive, it would be work experience. Do some work experience. Until you actually try it, you don't really know if it's for you. Um, We get a lot of kids saying, oh, I think I want to do automotive. Well, after you've done a week's work experience or two, you know what it entails, you know what it's like. And then if you still want to do it, mate, you're going to go to the top of the pile. We want to meet you straight away because you've done it, you've tasted it, you tried it. And if you still want to pursue it, that's fantastic. We would highly recommend, no matter what you want to do post-secondary school, the most valuable thing you can do is undertake some work experience in that field. So is that just a case of knocking on the garage door of a local mechanic and saying, I'm here, I'm, I'm willing to work free for two weeks? Or Yeah, if you want work experience, you've got to get off your butt, you've got to get out there, you've got to go knock on doors, you've got to go speak to the owner of the business and you've got to say, listen... I'm a secondary school student looking for a week's work experience, just a week. It's $5 a day Um, in Victoria. It's $5 a day. It's a token. You're not going to get rich, but it's about the experience. It's it's invaluable. It's it's, at the time you don't realise how important it is. Because you might not like it. On the flip side, you might do work experience and not enjoy it but at least you now know and you can pursue something else. What are the other avenues you've got within automotive? If you're not a mechanic, where are some of the other options that a student can go? There's light vehicle mechanic, so cars, four-wheel drives, hybrids, electric vehicles, Uh, heavy vehicle, commercial, so trucks, buses, mobile crane, those sorts of things. Heavy vehicle also incorporates mobile plant, so... Anything you see building the road, the big yellow machines, that's mobile plant. Um, also includes heavy vehicle, also can include agricultural, so things you find on farms, motorcycle mechanic, auto electrician, uh, spray painters, panel beaters, and parts interpreters are the main trades within the automotive industry. But there are other careers and jobs within automotive, so there's sales and admin jobs and accounting jobs and car cleaning, entry-level jobs. But the main ones uh, for a person fresh out of school would be a trade, getting their trade qualification. So you mentioned before that towards the end of your high school, you had the option of going to university, but you decided on the apprenticeship. What was the university degree that you were looking at? The university degree I was looking at mainly at the time was mechanical engineering. In, it was I got my offering with Swinburne Uni here in Melbourne. I also looked at job prospects post gaining that qualification, so four more years of school, four more years of uni, gain your qualification and then hopefully get a a job and a career. That coupled with the offering that I got, for me, it felt like a no-brainer. Go with the apprenticeship. And what was that apprenticeship? It was a certificate three in light vehicle mechanical technology, so automotive cars, so light vehicles, cars, four-wheel drives, 
hybrids, those sorts of things. And so you were obviously very excited to start that course. What did you learn throughout the course of it? Yeah, well, throughout the apprenticeship, I attended Kangan Batman TAFE in Richmond campus, which is no longer there, but um, that was the automotive uh, destination at the time. You learn uh, 36 units throughout an apprenticeship. Uh, I already had a few credits from my certificate too. I undertook at St Helena in the secondary college. So I went in with a few credits already to my name. Yeah, you learn uh, all the, again, the inspect and service level units right through to diagnose and repair components. Then in your third year, you kind of study diagnose and repair systems. So how sensors communicate to ECUs, how ECUs communicate to actuators, those sorts of things. Um, How to diagnose and repair a vehicle competently, methodically, quickly, efficiently is probably the best word. So look, you're probably very similar to a lot of students that are going to come through. They have a choice. They can either go down the university path or the TAFE apprenticeship path. You've gone apprenticeships at TAFE, which, uh, as you mentioned earlier, was the best decision you've made. How can students faced with the the two options there make the right choice for them? What do they need to do in order to satisfy taking option one as opposed to option B Communicate. Communicate with your family, your aunties, your uncles, your parents, your teachers. Go and speak to a mechanic. Go and speak to a mechanical engineer. Go and speak to people in that job role that you're thinking of doing. Go and actually speak to them. Don't just take everyone's word as gospel or what you read online. Go and speak to people that are actually living it. Yeah, say what they say. You're clearly an advocate of uh, apprenticeships. In your mind, why are they better than a university degree in your Look, space? I don't believe they are. I just believe if you're going to make the choice, make sure that the reason you're doing it is because you want to do it and also make sure that the, the career and job prospects are there at the end of it. There's nothing worse in my mind than doing a uni degree for four years and then there's no jobs at the end of that qualification. Make sure you're doing it because you want to do it and then the money will come if you're good at it you'll be more good at something if you're interested and passionate about it. But also make sure there are career prospects at the end of the tunnel. Best thing you can do, do your homework. In terms of that homework, what do you need to be looking at to make sure you can guarantee yourself a career path for? There are many government websites that are quite good, quite current, quite up to date, um, have some good information about every career and the prospects and the trends moving forward over the next, you know, two, three, five and ten years. Um, Obviously some things are winding down while others are opening up. You don't want to be... you know, pigeonholing yourself into a, uh, a very niche market, you, especially as a young person, you want to have lots of opportunity. Apprenticeship, would you describe it as a team-based learning environment? Absolutely, yes. Apprenticeships are all of the more senior people you work with pouring what they know into you. So that works very, very well if you communicate well, you get along in your work environment, um, you're productive, you're efficient, you're proactive, you show initiative. These people want to work with you and they just will naturally pass on their knowledge to you. How do you work within a team successfully? You've got to be humble. You've got to admit sometimes you don't know everything. You've got to put your hand up and say, look, I haven't done this before. Can you show me? Um, and most importantly, communicate. You've got to communicate well with your colleagues. In the course of what you do now, how do you identify that with the next generation coming through that they're going to be a team player? As I said, we interview every single candidate that we meet. We do chase up their references. We do read their school reports if they're a school student. So the teacher's comments are invaluable to us. It, it speaks more about their work ethic, their ability to follow instructions. So unfortunately, your employer, who is me sometimes, I'm going to ask you to do things you may not love or want to do, but you've got to do it and you've got to do it with a bit of oomph, a bit of bit of, bit of zazz, a bit of pop in your step. All right, Chris, stay where you are because we're going to talk about your career of earning lots of moolah 
that's right, in our next episode. Thank you. A career in the automotive industry is more varied than just working as a mechanic. As Chris suggests, there's no shortage of options if you're willing to work hard and are passionate about the industry. In our next episode, Chris explains how he found opportunities to work overseas and the future of the automotive industry. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production.